0: To another edition of Tangentially Speaking, number 540 something. I don't know. Uh, this is a repeat, a returned, uh guest, not a repeat. I guess it is a repeat. Anyway, the guy's name is Murphy Hello. He was 13 and a half when I recorded the first episode with him, and now he's 21. It's one of the advantages of having a podcast that runs for a decade or more. You can come back to people and uh, it's like watching a movie in two different times in your life uh, in, in Murphy's case he's changed a lot as you might imagine 13 and a half to 21 uh, he's a man now he was a sapling at that point uh, seven years ago and now he's uh, he's a solid he's got a solid trunk he's a tree Murphy's a tree or something I don't know. Anyway, I'm in Escalante, Utah. I'm sitting in the van outside a place called Escalante Outfitters, where I'm about to go order an Americano and use their Wi-Fi to uh, upload this motherfucker. Uh, Life on the road. Yeah, Utah. Southern Utah this time of year is pretty awesome. Uh, We camped out last few nights near uh the devil's garden it's called which is a pretty cool area with uh, what are they called hoodoos i think these rock formations that form in the desert uh very cool but the the days are warm 70s um but not so hot that you need shade and the nights are cool 40s but not so cold that your water tank freezes up and your pipes burst and uh all that kind of shit happens, so it's pretty ideal. It's in the sweet spot right now. I'm reading a book called Apocalyptic Planet by Craig Childs, uh, who's an author who lives in Colorado. I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a couple of years now, and he's willing. Uh, it's just hard to to find him because the kind of writing he does and the kind of life he lives... Uh, is not dissimilar to mine, so he's often out on the road somewhere, and it's hard for us to find a time and a place where our paths cross. And uh, turns out he's coming at Tescalante in a week. <clears throat> uh, so I might actually just hang out in the desert here and uh, and interview him then. He's coming here to speak at uh, theater or something. Anyway, he's a really interesting writer. uh, And this book is excellent. It's he goes to places. So it's kind of a travel style writing, but he's writing about something deeper. So he retraces ancient migrations where he'll go out and and hike it. Uh, Those this first book of his that I read. I forget what it's called. Um, But this particular book, Apocalyptic Planet, is where he's exploring the question of the end of the world right and and sort of sea level rise and volcanoes exploding and um, ice ages coming and going and and he goes to places that are illustrative, if that's the way you pronounce that word, of the concept that he's exploring. So it's really interesting. Um, it's a great way of writing and he he writes very, Poetically and beautifully. So there's a lot of science, but then it's sort of wrapped up with a a very beautiful turn of phrase or uh he's funny too. He's a great writer. Highly recommended. I'm only halfway through it, but uh, I'm comfortable recommending it. Anyway, Murphy Pillow is the guest. He's a very cool guy and it was fun to touch base with him uh, you know, on the other side. It's like he crossed a river, you know, from Thirteen and a half to twenty one. That's that's a transition. That's a path. If you want to listen to the first episode, it's episode one twenty one. Yeah, recorded April 20th, 2015, apparently. I've got all sorts of things to talk to you about, but as usual, I'm sitting here with a microphone in my hand and I don't have notes um, and I'm sort of at a loss but I will leave you with a tune that I really love. Let me see if I can pull it up here on my phone. Uh, yeah, it's... it's um, The artist is Mulatu Astatke. He's from Ethiopia. Uh, although he studied at Berklee School of Music and uh, in London, and uh, I think he... I forget the story. I, I read it or someone told me his parents sent him to Europe to to study something practical, but he ended up in music school. And I uh, was really interested in jazz in particular. And um, I guess he was very talented. He got went to Berklee School of Music in Boston, I guess it is, um, uh, which is like the hardest music school in the world to get into, I believe. Um, anyway, so he was there and uh, really interested in jazz, learned a bunch of different instruments, and uh, then came back to Ethiopia and sort of fused what he had learned studying jazz in the West with uh, traditional Ethiopian instrumentation and um, and ways of writing music. So this song, I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. There are all sorts of accents and Su, something like that. Um, But it translates to a man of experience and wisdom, which I thought was appropriate for Mr. Murphy Pillow, who is certainly on the path to becoming, if he isn't already, a man of experience and wisdom. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. It's awesome that you're still here if you've been along for the ride. And if you just hopped on the bus, you're most welcome. I appreciate your attention. Thank you. And I will leave you with Oh geez, what's his name? Now I see I put myself in a corner. I say I'll leave you with, and I realize I have no idea who it is. Mulatu Astatke. Yeah. All right. It's from an album called Ethiopic's number four. Bye. all you need all right ladies and gentlemen <laughs> fuck i'm coughing Ooh, that's bad that's yeah, a bad sign still going <clears throat> this is the first podcast i've attempted to record since my brush with covid death i'm here with murphy pillow hello murphy and i did a rec- uh, recording uh how old are you now
1: i just turned 21
0: so it was seven Eight. plus years Eight, ago? Years ago? eight years ago
1: yeah yeah seven and a half probably yeah, yeah. somewhere around there
0: so you were uh, a youngster yeah I
1: even, was in, even, even even in high school you weren't
0: even in high school so i listened to that podcast uh a couple days ago or yesterday i guess it was um i'm claiming like i get to say any kind of nonsense because i'm i've got brain fog Fair enough. All right. Yeah. And we're in Oregon, which is <laughs> foggy anyway. Yep. <clears throat> um, foggy
1: foggy skies, foggy minds.
0: Right. <laughs> That's our the slogan. Yeah. Oregon State University. Um, anyway, so I just listened to that yesterday driving up here, and it was really... It was interesting, like, what I said in the intro was I wanted to talk to you because you are one of those weird little kids who knows he's a weird little kid <laughs> and has a perspective on life. Right, and I did. Yeah, and you've listened to it as well, or part I of actually, it anyway.
1: weirdly enough, I re-listened to it, like, a couple weeks ago and then later that day or maybe it was the next morning you you let me know you were coming into town oh really do another podcast like right after
0: no kidding yeah oh uh, i thought i thought you listened to it because i had said that no it was
1: literally like the day before or the day of
0: was it because your
1: girl wanted to hear what you were like yeah i told her about it yeah i was like Didn't really want it. Like I wanted her to like hear what I was like back then because I thought she would think it's cute and (laughs) interesting and whatever. But I also really didn't want her to hear my voice back then. Just that high, squeaky Uh, little. You know, Uh, not the most attractive thing, but you know what? Women love that. Yeah, they think it's cute. They think it's adorable. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. It all worked out. She liked it. So,
0: and you know, I think the best relationships we see each other at many ages. Right. Is that espresso you need to deal with
1: that? Oh, yeah. It's just coffee, bro. Yeah, I can go grab it. I'll pause it. All right. All right.
0: All right. The talent has his coffee. We're yep. ready to resume. Ready to go. Um, what I was saying was that, um, <laughs> excuse me, in my experience, in the best relationships, I feel like people see each other at every age. Okay. You get the whole person. You see the person As a child, you see them as a teenager, you see them at whatever age they're at in, you know, reality. you grow
1: with them and you see them change and you grow with them. And you even anticipate, you know, you
0: sort of see them as an old lady or an old man. Right. It's the whole totality of the human experience.
1: Right. Because, I mean, that's what life's all about. You look at other things. And then you analyze the past and then you project the future, right? So that right. makes sense for relationships. You want to see it in it. context. Right, exactly. And so the
0: same with the person. You want to see them in the full context of right. their lives.
1: And you're not going to be right every time, <clears throat> but I'm sure you'll be right about probably half the stuff if you know the person well enough.
0: Yeah. You know, and future. if you can go back and listen to a podcast recorded when somebody... I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I like doing that. It's a historical document. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it captures is. a moment. And it's not just a photograph. It's not what you looked like. It's mm-hmm. how you were thinking and what you were anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's and almost like a
1: auditory journal, right? right? you know, my right. life. But in a way where I'm speaking to another person, I can hear their perspective on me at the time, too. So it even has another layer to it right? than if it was just me at that time, like analyzing myself and my own experiences, yeah. you know. So very unique.
0: So one thing we talked about was... I was telling you about this concept of the closing of the hoop.
1: Yes, yes, that was one of the things that sticked out to me the most, or stuck out to me the most when I re-listened to it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for for
0: listeners who haven't heard me talk about this before, or haven't read it elsewhere, the closing, <laughs> fuck, closing of the hoop is basically, long story short, it's an American Indian idea of maturity and when a boy becomes a man or a girl becomes a woman is the moment when the circle is complete and at that point you're no longer vulnerable to someone else's opinion of you changing your opinion of yourself Mm. and and i I was struck by you know when i explained that to you you were like yeah i feel like my hoop closed (laughs)
1: like (laughs) like a week ago i was like (laughs) i listened back to that i was like what the hell was i talking about I i had i had no idea i mean i've In a way, at that time, like, I was, like, just about to go into high school, and I was having all these kids bully me, and I finally, that ended, and I made a bunch of friends, and I started going hiking all the time and finding myself, and that person, you know, at the bottom of my heart is still who I am, somebody who just wants to go out in nature and, you know, relate to people in that way and everything, but... There's definitely more layers that still needed to continue to solidify, close my circle so that I am not impenetrable to other people's perspectives to affect my opinions on the world and how I see myself. That definitely wasn't closed yet.
0: Well, it probably closes in degrees, right? Right. Because, I mean, you said something like, yeah, you know, a year or two ago, if someone told me I was dumb, I'd kind of question myself and whatever. And now I know they've got a problem and it's their issue and they're just taking it out on me and i just glide past it and i was like fuck this guy's got it figured (laughs) out
1: yeah that's definitely something that's important to remember that i i mean even today and probably for the rest of my life i mean i'm only human i'll forget but you know it's always good to take a step back and know that majority probably almost every time somebody's being mean to you or demeaning you or calling you stupid or whatever just crapping on you for whatever reason it's generally a projection of their own insecurities yeah. every time so
0: you know a good a good way to learn that lesson is to write a controversial book <laughs> seriously because you yeah. externalize it so much and people have these reactions totally and luckily i was in a place emotionally where i was like oh you're reacting to your reading of that book you're not reacting to me Absolutely. You're calling me all kinds of names and shit. And, yeah. But this has nothing to do with me. This is between you and that book. Right. And you guys go work it out.
1: I, I just researched things and gave you ideas, and how you react to that is on you. Right. You know?
0: And people, you see how people like skip nine ideas and then pick the 10th exactly. one to get upset about. Exactly. Like, well.
1: It's like <clears throat> art, art is completely like up to interpretation. People forget that sometimes. And right. things like that, science, you can get mad at it, but at the end of the day, that's just that's just data being compiled and sometimes that's manipulated to change people's perspectives. But at the end of the day, like it's you, your opinion of that and your reaction to that is all up to you. And it's not about the person that published it unless they have a particular motive and they're like funded by somebody and you know that, you know, that's a whole different scenario. But at the end of the day, those are things you have to think about. And then maybe you're not mad at the person that published the study, but you're mad at the people backing the study and you have to think deeper than that. Right. So
0: what's hmm. your, what's your uh, tattoo say?
1: Oh, I miss outer space. I miss (laughs) outer space. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I got, uh, got a little drunk and my friend, took that took out his tattoo needle and was like, Oh dude, this would be so cool. And I was like, Yeah, I miss outer space, dude. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds
0: more like you were high than drunk. Okay,
1: yeah. (laughs) I was probably I mean, those things generally do go together. Yeah. 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 Anything with
0: outer space, dark (laughs) side of the (laughs) moon, all that shit.
1: We were listening to like this album and like that was the name of our favorite song on it. And he was like, dude, gotta do this. And I'm kinda pissed off because him and my other best friend, these are my two best friends. One of them tattooed me. They said that they would get a matching tattoo, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not going to be the coolest thing, but if we're all matching, it'll make it like you know, right. more meaningful, you know, whatever." And it's been eight months, and we've talked about it. You know? uh, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I don't
0: <clears throat> know. Yeah, you got to be careful with that peer pressure. Definitely. I uh, there was a time shortly after Sex at Dawn came out when my wife, my ex-wife, and my ex-wife's husband. And I were all having dinner together, and they, the three of them, told me I needed to grow my hair long (laughs) because Uh I'm like a hippie at heart, and I look so straight, and my image doesn't match my spirit, and all this. Right. And like the three of them, come on, these are like three of my closest.
1: That's a lot of pressure to do. It's a lot of pressure. You want you want to like be validated by them, so and and you want to
0: and And you don't want to reject this love that's coming yeah, at you, exactly you know exactly, so this was like probably september and And what we ended up agreeing to was, I'll let my hair grow till my birthday, which is mid February, so okay. I gave it a good shot, okay.
1: so you you did a little bit of the middle ground, but you still gave in, and I was that's like. Solid.
0: And I knew my hair doesn't grow. My hair grows in this weird kind of bozo wedge thing. Oh, you know, cuz it's <laughs> yeah. thinner on top and it's thicker on the sides it and the back. Work. Yeah. Oh, uh, it turned into a fucking fiasco. I was like a guy with a little man ponytail sticking yeah. out of the back of my head for a while.
1: Oh
0: god. <clears throat> and then I just looked like a uh a saddled lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's too tired and <laughs> decrepit to, exactly. do hair to, to in the get morning. my hair done. Exactly, I've just given <laughs> up. given up, yeah.
0: Uh, just like, oh well, yeah. Well,
1: my husband's not here anymore, and you know my grandkids don't care. So no one cares. My it. dog's shitting <laughs> on the carpet.
0: It. Yeah, so I don't have any tattoos, but I did that anyway. <laughs> what, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, I remember asking you what you were reading because you always had a book with you. Right. And you were reading two books that I happened to be using for Civilized to Death.
1: I remember that. It was That so I had weird. on
0: my fucking desk. <laughs> yeah,
1: literally. literally. Right.
0: Literally. One of them was like The Collapse of Civilizations, which is like a 50-page book or something. Yeah. And the other was so, A Brief History of Progress by I Robert, Robert Right. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, that book is great. That was great.
0: But what I wanted to ask you was, I mean... You were this 14 or 13 and a half year old kid. You're reading these really intense books about how all civilizations end in collapse, <laughs> right? And in the Ronald Wright book, he says something about like each time history repeats itself, it's itself. he it, does he it say, that all the, all, or Aldous, something? He,
1: he quotes Aldous Huxley, he says, The greatest lesson from history is that man does not learn lessons from history, right? Yeah. right.
0: Was, and it's a real downer that book. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. I mean, it's really it well written. Like solutions or anything. He was, was
0: like, like, "If we don't get our shit together now, we're fucked." Yeah. And this is published in 1997 yeah. or something, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I read it like damn near 20 years later. Yeah. And now it's like damn near 30 years later.
0: So that's my question, okay? Because you were happy, you were laughing, you were like, "This is a great book. I really <laughs> enjoy it." And I'm like, "Does this kid not realize like this is a death sentence?" Yeah. So now seven years later. What's it like to be your age watching what's going on with the world
1: yeah that's a good question I'm
0: because you're the age of optimism yeah but the information coming at you is pretty fucking
1: dark I mean between that and then like starting my adult life in the pandemic mm. and then just everything just going to shit I the future is <sighs> It definitely stresses me out, for sure. There's no doubt about that. But it's like this radical acceptance. It's like me as an individual, right? How much control do I really have over changing the world right right I mean I can do things I can try to be better I can contribute to things and help people and help the planet of course and I want to do all those things but at the end of the day it's like do I want to live in a perpetual state of anxiety and worry about what's going to happen it's like maybe I won't have kids maybe that'll be my way of dealing with it you know maybe I'll dedicate my life to something like that. But you know, down the road at the end of the day, if I think about that all the time, like it's being shoved in my face all the time, you know, right. like I already know about all this stuff and I see a news story and I'm just like, Oh great. No, I didn't need to be reminded. Like, so I just try to live my life day to day yeah, and like do the little things to, I can to contribute and you know, keep it going. I mean, cause if I do that, if I live in a constant state of anxiety, then that's going to debilitate Myself, So where I'm not going to want to do anything to stop it. So it's like, well, fuck it. It's all going to be ruined anyway. I have to try my best to make my own life better and make the people around me better and try to contribute the little way I can. And that's all I can do. There's no thinking I need to do beyond that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's a thing that's unique to your generation, but it's also a thing that's universal right because right? everyone's thinking about mortality sure everyone's thinking i'm gonna go to old and die yeah fucking prince is dead what right. the fuck is that <laughs> i prince to me is like a kid and you know tom gone. petty's gone like yeah. the walls are closing in everybody the older you get the more you become aware of it right so it's i don't think it's like i don't think it's unique to your generation i think it's just came a lot earlier, right? Yeah. So you're dealing with it much younger.
1: Yeah. Especially between that and the, also the pandemic, right. That too, like having to deal with the stress and the anxiety of like at every single corner, there could be like a potential deadly virus that, you know, yeah, that was also scary. So it like kind of compounded. And I think it is basically just, yeah, it's just a mirror for mortality and you know, dying and everything because at the end of the day, those same things about dealing with the future of the climate in the world and our society are the same practices and same things you can do to deal with the anxiety of death or losing loved ones or because at the end of the day, you can't control the fact that you're going to die or that loved ones are going to die or that eventually your dog is going to die or, you know, whatever, all those things are going to happen, but you have to focus on the day to day and enjoying yourself and enjoying the moment and doing things that are good for your community and yourself. Therefore, If you don't, then you're just going to live in constant anxiety. And that's no fun. And a lot of people do do that. It doesn't
0: help anybody. No, it doesn't. It just makes
1: everything worse. So, yeah, why worry about it so much? And the reason I was so interested in learning those things is just because I want to know. I just want to know what's happening in the world. But that doesn't mean that even if that shit is bad, there is a lot of bad stuff. But I also get to learn about good stuff. And you get to learn about the balance of the world and everything. And if I just, like, learned all those things and internalized it and was just like I I was like that for a while I'll be honest for a few years when I was a teenager I was like fuck everything I don't care I'm just gonna skip class and smoke weed and not care about college because it's all fucked anyway but then I realized that that's not the way to do it you know I grew up a little bit in that way for sure you know I definitely didn't just like wake up after reading those books and be like yeah it's all okay like no I was I was depressed for a minute it definitely did affect me when I was
0: was gonna ask was it depressed because I was an angry teenager like around 1415 I, I was like what the fuck is this
1: you know what i guess it was more anger it was more anger like outwardly for sure mm. like when i would talk about it it would be anger but when i would be alone and i would think about it like there were there's specific things like specific things that an oil company did in like nigeria mm. or like ecuador or like right. you know reading tales of an economic hitman of like you know killing the dictator or the leaders of Iran and Venezuela and right. Panama and all those things, those specific things would piss me off about like the government or specific corporations. But all in all, the general consensus was just a bit of depression and right. lethargy and just like not caring. You yeah. Know? It just felt like I couldn't do anything. But now I I know that there's, it's not that I can't do anything. It's that I can't do everything. Right. Uh,
0: that's a good distinction. So
1: I can still do something. And that's just one. Yeah. Focus on.
0: And I feel like You know There are a lot of traps Out there To drain our Our anger And our sort of Rebelliousness Absolutely You know like Oh If you don't recycle You're destroying the planet And then you find out <laughs> You don't like,
1: buy a Tesla You're a piece of shit Yeah right no, It's like That's It's like hey You, you know
0: Pla- Coca-Cola Who makes more plastic Fucking bottles Than yeah. anyone in the world Why don't you get your shit why together Why
1: don't you fucking make why am I, Recyclable Why glass? is it on me Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly Yeah yeah, used to send the glass back. They would you would fucking yeah. put your Coke can and then they would wash it at the factory and they would send it back. Why don't you do that anymore? Because it's not as fuck. It doesn't make you as much money. It right. Doesn't give the stockholders. And now
0: you're trying to tell money. me I should feel bad. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm ruining the world. Fuck
1: you. Fucking bullshit.
0: Fuck you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> fuck you, Coca-Cola. If you're <laughs> listening to this, you're goddamn fizzy poison. Nestle, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah. Well, it's interesting Oh, I'm coughing. There you I'm, go, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Today's the first day I don't sound like a wheezy old man at least. Well that's good. Mm, yeah. Just
1: I mean you still do, just in spots. <laughs> it 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 comes in and out, but I'd say it's solid eighty twenty ratio.
0: Okay. So. Well that's good enough. Eighty yeah. twenty's all you can really yeah, expect yeah, in this life. Yeah, exactly. So are you still reading a lot? Is that still a big part of your life? Or, yeah, you know? yeah.
1: I have been I haven't read a book in like a week and a half. I'm feeling a little dry right now, but uh, I just read On Revolution by Jean-Paul Sartre. That was a good one. Aren't you a
0: fancy boy? <laughs> Reading yeah. those French existentialists. Yeah, huh? yeah, I
1: always love the French existentialists, man. Mm-hmm. Camus, Sartre, like they're all great. But yeah. and then I just read another book, um actually that my girlfriend recommended to me. It was called There There. It was it's a story about these like native families living in Oakland and all their individual stories about like being you know away from their culture you know not living near the res or on the res and just like trying to find their culture and find their community and you know the struggles they go through and all this stuff and then at the end of the book like they all come together at like this powwow and it's just like it's a really beautiful story and a kind of a fucked up story because the stuff that happens is not all, definitely not all good yeah they go through some shit but it was it was a really good book i couldn't stop reading it it was, it was amazing
0: just, like read it in like just a few days you spent some time in South Dakota recently
1: yeah yeah I did I did I spent about a year out there so cold so cold <laughs> it's like negative 30 with windchill on the regular yeah
0: And what were you doing
1: I was working with a native run nonprofit uh, doing street outreach helping out homeless people in Rapid City South Dakota uh, and helping out on the reservation a little bit driving people out there and transporting and everything and also like during the winter i helped run a homeless shelter like the only non-government homeless shelter in all rapid city it was like 100 people there a day so cold outside three meals a day it was like 24 7 had to stay up all night a few times Mm -hmm. there were some fights there were some beautiful things that happened it was it was very it was a very good journey and I'm glad I went out there Mm. for sure they I was uh taken in by the Lakota people actually they we prayed and and did all this um sweat and we did all these things together and they took me in and thanked me because I was the only uh I was the only non-native person in any of the organizations helping out with the homeless shelter and the street outreach team and all that. And it was really interesting being like a 21-year-old white kid from Portland, like out here in the middle, of cold-ass South Dakota, like going out to the res and helping out everybody, like all the relatives and the homeless individuals in Rapid City. It was just like, and getting accepted into this whole new culture and like having it wash over me and honestly i was in like a really bad place before i went out there i went through like a breakup and i was going through like some depression like out of the pandemic and i went out there and they brought me in and we sweat and we ate and i helped other people to help myself and it just like it was so good Mm. i really needed that and it was very uh eye-opening experience for the struggles of native people for the struggles of homeless people for um just learning about a whole new culture and language in our country, you know, not going to another country, right. but it was like another country, another c- yeah. culture in our own, you know,
0: in the borders. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: It was very, very interesting to see. And it changed me a lot in a lot of good ways. I felt like it helped me grow, grow a lot. So I'm very glad I did that. <laughs> I, am sorry.
0: Fuck. I, I, uh, I'm not going to go back and, f- edit out all these coughs ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i'm sorry
1: no do it do it it makes the podcast unique yeah (laughs) it 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 solidifies it as a moment in time that's exactly this is
0: a historical document when i'm recovering from near fatal fucking whatever the fuck it was um but uh what the hell was i gonna say here comes the brain fog (laughs) yeah this is very historical this document (sighs) um Oh, I know what I was going to say, that I wish that there were some sort of institutionalized <clears throat> experience like that for people that age. Right. You know, like not the fucking army. Like, don't, yeah. you know, go learn to shoot guns and we all got, that.
1: You got army and you got college.
0: Right. And <laughs> college is like, oh, let's go get drunk and, yeah. you know, fuck strangers. Yeah, like, oh, great. Much. Sounds like fun.
1: Let's spend $30,000 a year to do that.
0: Yeah. Um. But it's like something like that where where okay, every American you know from twenty to twenty one goes and helps somebody sure. somewhere and their right. programs you know help build a house right help go to a fucking old folks' home and right. and serve right. meals something there's this thing in Holland that's really cool where. Um, university students need a place to live and they don't have any money, even though the government pays you to go to university in what? Holland. Yeah, no I knew student they had debt.
1: free college out there, but I didn't know they paid Well, they
0: pay, you. like, they give you a stipend, right? So right. you've got some food and, you know, a right, 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 little right, rent money, right. yeah, but yeah. it's not much, right? Yeah. So somebody came up with this idea <laughs> of having university students who come and hang out. At an old folks' home, mm-hmm. and I think they live there. I think some of them live there. Yeah, and everybody benefits, right? It's like the young right. people are learning all the stuff from the old people. They hear
1: stories. They they
0: learn about their country, right. their history. Totally, you know, probably learn things about their parents that they right. wouldn't have learned because their parents aren't talking about it, whatever. So they learn so much And these old people Get all this great You know They get to hang out With the young people And tell their stories And the young people You know They'll bring dogs in And mm-hmm. so there's this life It and
1: gives them Like that light Fucking that, win-win like, Fire Yeah of Life that like Keeps them going You know Not just like Hanging around With a, a bunch of other people Waiting to die you know? Right Actually get Because that's That's what I've always heard Old age is right Like humans Like what's the point Of living past like 55 or 60 And it's like Kind of, kind of weird because like a lot of species die, you know, after they're done with their mating cycle. Yeah. But us, it's like because our brain. By the way,
0: I'm sixty. I'm not done with my mating cycle. <laughs> yeah, all right. Eight, eight, eight. I just want to get that down <laughs> okay, for the record. Okay. Fair enough. But my if you're mating female, cycle if you're a female, is still happening.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you
0: can still go through the motions, man. <laughs>
1: this is I all mean, true. <laughs>
0: that's all we're doing anyway.
1: Anyway, like as you as you get older, your your job is to tell stories and to right. you know facilitate community and preserve history because for most of human history as you know obviously there was no writing mm. there was no there was not much of a way to like hold on to history other than like paintings and whatnot so it's like you know you got one 80 year old guy left in the tribe right and it's like you're walking down he's he's forging and somebody's about to some 18 year old kid picks up a mushroom about to eat the mushroom. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like three of my friends died from eating right. that mushroom. Right. And then that kid tells everybody else. And right. then you save. Like, yeah. Who knows how many. Yeah.
0: Or or, or it hasn't rained in two years. And mm-hmm. there's only one person who remembers the right. last time this happened like and where we went, right. you know, like, yeah, yeah you're right. The, the value of older people is totally undercut by all this bullshit. It's like. Everything that can be monetized gets monetized. Of course. You know? And I always think of that, um, what's that insurance company? Like a good neighbor, State, State Farm, Farm is, is there. there. I'm like, yeah. could I just have a good neighbor? <laughs> right? Where I'm not paying them every month right. to be a good neighbor. Yeah. They're just, just like a good neighbor, you right. know? Right, I don't. I don't want something like a good neighbor. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So... These win-win situations exist, and I think one of the problems, and I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but one of the problems in American society is there is there is no unifying experience anymore. No. You know? Like, Definitely World War no. II was a unifying experience. Right. Poor people, white people, black people, everybody, every class, every race, right. they were all thrown together, and they saved each other's asses, and they depended on each other. Right. You know? You get back home and you go downtown and there's a black dude. You're going to deal with him differently than if the only black dudes you've ever seen are on a basketball court or, you know, driving through the wrong neighborhood or something. It's like, come on, we're in this together or we're fucked.
1: Right. I mean, that's just ignorance. You know, you have to be exposed to things and people you know and if you're not then you're all you're gonna know is the things that your parents told you or the things you learned in school right you don't have your own experiences to right online right and those fucking shitty ass algorithms getting people angry and fucking racist and you know or the other way around whatever whatever makes them money they don't give a fuck right you know and that's all you know and then that's an issue so i mean it's it would be good if there was a way to facilitate like people helping other people or people coming together and like communities just being a community you know because they all live in the same place right or you know have similar ideas or whatever but that's that's a very hard thing to do when everything is so monetized and individual it's hard to like get down to the nitty-gritty of like just people to people and it's
0: it's a weird thing too because it's got to be forced right you know nobody's gonna do it it's like I don't know. For me, it's like exercise. I don't do it unless I have to. (laughs) And then I'm glad I did it. Right. But if it's just like, okay, I'm waking up. I should probably work out, but I'm not going to.
1: Yeah, that's me with... I'm generally physically active, but that's me with like meditating. I'm like, God, I'm going to feel so great about doing it. And it's just going to be the best. But then like, I just don't do it enough. Right. Or that damn ice bath that my dad and my brother do. I hate (laughs) it. I hate it so much. Yeah. But it makes me feel so good feels good after yeah, it feels so good after so you know no pain no gain bro you know that's yeah
0: shit. yeah <laughs> i don't know i i question that
1: i i do too
0: so how do you do you mentioned algorithms and all this like mm-hmm. how you live in a different world than i do obviously sure. like i grew up without internet yeah internet came when i was 30s right and there was like you know, you'd go to a porn site and it would be like <laughs> it would line, by like, line. line by line. It's one like, one oh, it like oh, takes like thirty minutes. I'm, but I'm I'm in now. I gotta wait till <laughs> ten thirty to see this woman, <laughs> which I could just like pick up a magazine. Right, it's right. so weird. Um, but anyway, you grew up with this stuff. Uh, yeah, I did. And your friends all grew up with it. Absolutely. How do you think your like kind of baseline world view is different from mine because of the technology. Mm-hmm. Like you grew up watch I don't know if you watch porn, but you could have watched anything right. when you were fourteen. Yeah. And I yeah. was hoping I'd find somebody's old Playboys in the woods.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
0: mean exactly. and even if you find the Playboys it's like a pretty woman lying there smiling. It's there's no gangbangs yeah, going like,
1: on. I was like ten, nine or ten years old or something and I was like on the computer and I accidentally clicked on the wrong thing, and it was just this gnarly porn site, and I had no idea what to do with that. I was like, "What?" It was just, it was a lot, and like, you, there would—it would, it would have been impossible for you to be exposed to that, when right, you're a kid? You know, I—I yeah. I always wonder how like that affects, or is going to affect, like people's sexualities and yeah. sexual preferences, and just all those things. I don't think it's affected me too much. I never got too crazy into the like. The different sort of porns and everything, you know, it was most. I just, I'm pretty basic about that shit. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder also how like it affects people, like not wanting to go out and meet other people. Right, like, if that's if that's right. actually because I've no. I hear people talk about that, but I, <clears throat> I haven't read any studies. I wonder if like people who watch more porn are like less likely to go out and meet and date actual people you know if that significantly affects that or if these people just wouldn't be good at that regardless and they just use porn to cope well know?
0: it's probably it's probably partly porn in the sense that if you're watching porn and jerking off that takes away an incentive to go out and meet a woman sure right because yeah. you're not chasing women as much right. but also dating
1: apps mm, yeah dating apps are funky
0: Yeah, I've never been on a dating app. Never been on a dating app? Never, no. You're lucky. Yeah. It sounds horrible. It's And it sounds like it would really... I mean, I read something. I don't remember where it was. But it was like women saying, like, I don't meet guys in bars. I wouldn't... I I need to, like, screen him first. I want to look at his Instagram feed. I want to do all this shit before I agree to even have a drink with somebody.
1: I mean, I can see that from from her perspective. Like, that's... that, That is fair. But at the same time, like it just doesn't feel as natural right? and as, you know, spontaneous and you know that it is, it is good. You know, that probably makes it safer for some people for sure. But at the same time, how do you know, how do you know their Instagram's real? How do you know their profile? Right. You know, like if they are really, truly a creep, then they're going to fake all that shit. Right. You know, so, you know, and, and I feel like, and and how do you develop
0: a gut instinct?
1: uh, That's exactly what I was about to say. I was like, that gut instinct you're gonna get when you meet them in person. I feel like especially women are very intuitive and they know people and they can tell. Everybody can, but I, I think particularly women are good at reading emotions and being intuitive, and that they can just know if the vibes are off, you know. And if a guy is, you know, goes up to you and's like, "Oh, I'll buy you a drink," and the conversation's weird or you think he's creepy or whatever, you know then you know if you just decide to meet somebody in a random place and you barely know anything about them then you know maybe you can't really get a vibe you can't really you know without the looking at somebody and feeling their energy like you don't know until you meet up with them right it's just like the way we think like a person is defined by their instagram bio and what they write on tinder and what they you know are online like that's more them than a person that we meet in the real world like that's less safe that's an interesting way to think about it, i think too it's like,
0: well again it's like you were saying about algorithms right that get us all excited and scared and conflictive I've, yeah i mean people the united states society is much safer now than it's been for decades totally but everyone thinks everyone's a fucking murderer yeah. and you know i mean i was reading this in terms of parenting and how parents are terrified to let their kids out of their sight yeah, and helicopter
1: some, parents yeah. yeah yeah
0: but the odds of your kid getting kidnapped now are like a 50th of what they were when i <laughs> was ba- a kid
1: back when you were a kid it was just like everybody go outside <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see back. you at dinner yeah dinner yeah exactly it's like get the fuck out of where'd here where'd you go i hopped in and some guy offered me some ice cream <laughs> in a truck and then i came back and yeah well, i've been in a white van all day <laughs> <Yeah>. mom <laughs> it was like oh okay honey well you're back so <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll chalk that up as a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's it's a conundrum though, right? Like I I feel for parents because you know it's like if you're the one in a million, mm-hmm. that sucks.
1: That does suck.
0: I mean, there's nothing worse, right? So it's it's natural to be scared, but the problem is. If all the news shows are about that one in a million, then mm-hmm. you misestimate the risk. And we do that all right, the time. Right, you know? and,
1: and we don't even consider the reward. Right. You know, Good that, point. That yeah. kid, you know, I mean, if they're just staying inside all the time, then what are they going to do? Right. They're going to play video games. They're going to like just sit around the house they're not going to socialize they're not going to go out they're
0: going to be a myopic obese loser yeah exactly exactly good for you
1: yeah i mean is that what you want your kid to be or do you want your kid to be like somebody who gets along well with others and is a positive contributing member to their community you know and has a love for the world or at least learns about the world like directly around them because you can Do all you want. You can read all the books you want. You can watch all the movies you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't go out into the world, and this ain't like flying to Thailand or you know backpacking through South America, but just walking through your neighborhood and biking around with your friends and doing a little hike in the city you've never been to before, you know, it gives you a love for nature and empathy for others and all that shit. You know, your friend falls on his bike, hurts his knee. You're like, oh, you go out and help him. You know, you know how to deal with those things, and you actually feel empathy you know yeah. literally you know i think that contributes to brain development more than i remember Parents think
0: around the time we recorded the last podcast uh your dad took you out to like mount hood or something mm-hmm. and dropped you off like on a friday <laughs> yeah and was like and i remember him telling me like i'll go pick him up on monday and i was like what's he doing he's like i don't know he's just wandering around in the woods i guess (laughs) it's like wow that's pretty cool you just drop him off and like all right hope you survive yeah
1: watch out for bears (laughs) i had this big old backpack it was so clunky and like I i didn't know barely knew how to pack a backpack i was like 13 14 and this like super old guy he was like 85 years old you know obviously went backpacking like every weekend he came up to me and he was like well you gotta like tighten it and you know do all the and like ever since then like I packed my bags so much better mm. you know just this random guy on the trail and I would just go out just like make a fire and then like run around sometimes when I would like find a place to camp way off the trail I would just like start a fire and just like walk around naked in the woods mm. and just hang out yeah. just cause I could I was like fuck it like climb trees I would get lost I would find it again you know whatever I, I knew what I was doing Yeah. you know it was all good and then that time actually it started raining and there was a break in my tent and i got all wet and i thought i was gonna get hypothermia so i had to hike down at four in the morning and i ended up like hitchhiking home mm. and i was like because i my parents were asleep and i didn't want right. to like, get hypothermia so i just like walked down saw some guy go into his car and i was like hey can i get a ride to portland he was like sure he drops me off like sweet at the end of portland i just bus home
0: yeah like, oh, screw it well and that's turning you know a failure into success right yeah. it's like yeah, yeah i survived it yeah because one of the things people are going to say is well, what if your what if your tent leaks well uh-huh. that's happened Find a way. Yeah, I, um, exactly. I slept in my bed that morning yeah
1: exactly literally yeah i got home and my mom was like what the hell we're supposed to pick you up like in five hours i was like yeah it was cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i have his buddy who was climbing mount everest Uh, And he was bummed out because like Mm. his whole life he'd wanted to climb Mount Everest and he like geared up for it. And he had like a full, you know, down Gore-Tex body suit and the whole thing. Yeah, And, uh, And he was bummed because when he was at the base camp, he heard all these stories about... You know, like some shithead who's like climbing Mount Everest, walking backwards and some Japanese couple who want to get married on the summit. The and fuck? it's become this this circus, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And
0: he heard about this dude who was climbing the mountain in shorts and like flip flops <clears throat> And he's like, ah, oh, fuck these guys. <laughs> so he he takes off from like you know I don't know second base camper. He's pretty high up, mm-hmm. and and he gets to a little shelter and he's sitting in the shelter resting. And he sees this dude coming down the trail from in shorts with flip flops.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> can't believe the flip flops and, and shorts. Okay, and flip-flops. it's way.
0: He might have been barefoot. I mean, he climbed fucking Kilimanjaro barefoot. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: crazy. That's insane. That guy.
0: So anyway, it's it is Wim Hof and, and Wim sits down next to him and 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 they're talking and Doug's like, "So, did you get to the summit?" and and he said, "No, no, I I uh I got up to the like I think they call it the death zone the where de- there's, Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: yeah, where you got to have the oxygen right, right I think. Yeah. And he's
0: like, "Nah, I turned around there and that was enough." And and Doug's like, "Why why did you turn around there?" And Wim looked at him like he was crazy and he said, "It's fucking cold, man." <laughs> Fucking, no
1: shit it's cold i can't breathe I'm done what do you it's think it's fucking dude? cold look at oh, me actually actually i turned around because uh somebody gave me some shit yeah, the view, wasn't yeah the view wasn't what i expected wasn't, yeah the view wasn't i thought there was a mcdonald's at the top so you know i decided to just go back down
0: i just love how Wim is like so kind of like he's so badass And he's so kind of innocent at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I've seen clips.
1: This looks hilarious.
0: I was at a party with him one time, and uh, there was like a... three or four-year-old kid there mm-hmm. and there are all these fancy rich people and the idea of the party was to introduce Wim to these rich people so maybe they would fund some research and right, you know right, blah blah yeah. blah help him out Wim blew it because he spent the whole party chasing this three-year-old around and then the three-year-old would chase him and then he chased the three-year-old <laughs> and he's just running through the all these people with their fancy cocktails yeah. and Wim's just like Ah-ha-ha! I mean that's, that's him probably
1: why He's so happy though man He keeps that Childhood imagination And, yeah. and creativity And love for life Exactly know? And all those You know uptight Stick up their ass Motherfuckers are Fuck worried him. about What everybody thinks About them And what you know What they're gonna Accomplish that night You know not living In the moment whatsoever Not yeah. you know Enjoying themselves I mean Sure, some are a little bit, but at the end of the day, on av- on average, yeah, you know, that's just it's just not, and, you know, that's a lesson. Be happy is, you know, you don't want to act like a child all the time. You have to have that level of maturity to, you know an adult, you know, in the world. But at the same time, there's no reason to kill that. You yeah. know, it's all about balance, you know, and, and like you were talking about relationships, like having all those ages and seeing that in the other person, you also have to see that in yourself mm. and, and bring all that together, Good point. And, you know, to have a balanced life, you know, because that inner child's still in there, right? you know, you got to let them out. So. so you're,
0: all right, we're, we're, we're doing this whole seven to 20 or 14 to 21 thing, sure. right? The seven. right? So last time we talked on the podcast there was a lot of talk about like what was coming right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you were thinking oh, i'm gonna start noticing girls more <laughs> soon <laughs> right <laughs> you I know? remember
1: that i remember saying that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i guess that happened uh, uh yeah um but like i kind of feel like like we talked on an island and now we're on an island over here right. and you swam across the channel yeah yeah so like what got you through? What would you say like are the most important, you know, experiences or disciplines or right. or books or lessons or like when right. you look at those? Because those are hard years, no yeah. matter what. Those yeah. are hard years. Those are definitely Shit's hard changing years. under your
1: feet. <laughs> 16 to 19 was rough. Why? But also great. Why? Why well, 16
0: to 19?
1: Ugh, 16 and, well, because I got my heart broken a couple times. Right. Um, And the pandemic hit. Uh, and I had to start like thinking about what I wanted to do, and that mm. still gives me anxiety. And that that's like when that's when like that anxiety about like the future, uh, to me as an individual, like worrying about the future and what I was going to do. That's when that really started. Right. When I was probably sixteen, you know, I was like, okay, I actually got to like think about applying to colleges and what I'm going to do and all that stuff, and
0: and getting your heart broken. Yeah. There's nothing. In my experience, there's nothing as painful as that. No. The first time. No. Because you think, you think it'll never come again. Right. You know? Right. And no matter what anyone says to you, you're just like, nope, yeah. I'll never feel this again. I know never. it because I haven't, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you're wrong, exactly. but shh, that's a tough one. I was 15 and a half the first. The, and in my experience, it was so bad. Yeah. That I basically sort of said, I'll never let that happen again. Yeah. To Which, close yourself off. Well, close myself off in, to some extent, but also, like, don't be a little bitch about it. Right. Don't lose your dignity. Right. Don't like, lose yourself. Right. right. If a woman doesn't want to be with you, take it like a man. Because, I mean, what happened with me, and I'm, I guess what happened with you too, is things got better. Oh yeah, and I looked back and it was like, thank God. (laughs) No,
1: that shit sucked. Like that, that was it was bad. I'm glad I got my heart broken because that was not the right person and it was not the right time. And at the end of the day, that person did not treat me well, Um, and that's probably more of a projection of myself because at that time I wasn't treating myself well, right? And I was and I was allowing this person to not treat me good. And then you know it was kind of like in the moment it sucked and it was one of the worst you know because. Is fucked up, but my dog. I don't know if you remember that little dog. Yeah, Cooper? yeah, Cooper. He died, and then two days later, she broke up with me.
0: So she was really in love with Cooper.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: She kicked you when you were down, man. Yeah,
1: it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Went on a bit of a bender, and um, didn't didn't really know what was going on. You know. How so,
0: long had you been with her?
1: Jeez, I think we dated straight for like two years but we dated Mm. on and off for like four years yeah that's that's a big chunk of life yeah yeah i lost my virginity to her and another girl in a three-way actually believe it or not yeah wow that was was fun that was that was a good way to lose it but yeah anyway so yeah we were together for a few years and then you know that ended and then we were supposed to actually move out to south dakota together Hmm. um and then thankfully we did break up you know in retrospect and I went out there on my own and got to have all those experiences and that kind of like saved me because I was just like I can't be here anymore I can't be in this city like you know when you're in that young love breakup it's just like you yeah. see every place you remember these experiences right. and these things that happened, these streets these restaurants you know all that and I just wanted to get away and I already had a plan to move anyway so I went out there and made some new friends lived in a punk house with a band and you know got a job helping people and that was the best thing that i could have done for myself was to heal myself by healing other people and uh, hearing stories and experiencing something new completely alien but yet so grounding at the same time you know it was it was really good but yeah i got over that and now everything's better than ever for sure i came back out here i met a new girl who treats me way better and really good and I'm happier and I have better ways of coping and, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure we'll see how life turns out. I'll definitely go through a lot more hard times. But comparatively to where I was what, like a year and a half ago, when that whole heartbreak happened, I'm definitely in a much better place now. Yeah. I'm glad it happened.
0: Well, and that's the invaluable lesson, right? I mean, kind of like when you're 10 springs of leak, league. Like, you know you can get through it. Right. You've, you've gotten through it before. Right. Next time it hits, it'll suck. Yeah. But... In my experience, I mean, I broke up with this girl and then I moved to a different town. And within like six weeks, I was dating a girl who was objectively like, holy shit. Right.
1: Feel that. And I was like, what was I so (laughs) sad about?
0: Like, are you kidding me? Exactly. And suddenly it was like the universe was like, dude, this is what happens when you fucking man up. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. You cry and whine and complain. Mm-hmm. I was do. Du- I was. I was such a little loser. Me too. Yeah. I called her mother. And try to convince her mother to conv- to convince her daughter to come That's back some to desperate as shit. Oh man. dude, I was I wearing you- sunglasses at night. I was like, Oh my god, so- listening to the Smiths and- <laughs> and
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, crying. well I would have if they'd existed. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Oh dude, I was so sappy. And I remember my dad taking me for a ride and like when we had to have a serious talk, we'd be yeah. like, Let's go for a ride. Right, right. And I remember him saying to me like You know, I know it hurts, I know you're really... But you can't ever lose your dignity. Yeah. Can't ever do that because no woman will ever come back to you. No, the best thing you can do is be like, "Hey, I love you. Have a good life." Right, and then maybe, maybe. she'll she'll turn around a year right. later and be like, "That was a good dude. What right. the fuck did I do? Yeah, Let me exactly. reach out you to would him."
1: Prove your, you would pr- not even just like keep your dignity, and prove it, and prove right. yourself. Right, at least learn, you show who you are yourself. in a crisis. Why the fuck is she gonna want to come back to somebody who's sad and crying, and right, hates and begging, yeah, like oh, begging ple- that's not attractive yeah, at all. You no. know, if if this a chance that that. That's gonna happen. Then you have to just like forget about it, and and then she's gonna look back and she'll be like, oh my god, he's having so fun. He's hanging yeah. out with all these people. He's looking good. He's freaking. You know, he's got this good positive energy. Like right. I want to be around that. Like that's something that's gonna attract something else. But it's a weird conundrum because you can't do it for this person. Right. right? You right. have to do it for yourself. Right. And then in light of that, that might attract that person back, or hopefully. If that wasn't right, it'll attract somebody better. Right. Which it usually does. Which you're you ready
0: for small. now because you've grown, right? So right. you're ready for something. Exactly. But we get all this bad... <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> we get all this bad information, right, that, like, mm-hmm. that women want to be needed and you know oh baby i'm nothing without you like how many fucking songs (laughs) baby without you i'm lost you know all these whiny Whiny, rhythm and blues like that's all wrong yeah that's all bad information don't believe that Mm -mm. no nobody wants to be needed like that
1: and does somebody want to be do a lot of women want to be cared for and sure. be paid attention to. Yeah. And like, you know, all that <clears throat> shit. Yeah, of course, everybody does.
0: But nobody wants to look at a guy and say, if I leave him, right. he's just going to drink himself to death. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's exactly. not a attractive, exactly. dude.
1: You know, it's like you want to be there for the person and, you know, want they want to know you want them. But if you need that person, even if you've been married for 30 goddamn years, like that can still be. An issue you know you want to like enjoy the relationship while you're in it but at the same time you can't completely sacrifice your dignity right right
0: what's well, like having a job yeah you want to do a good job but if your boss is like if i fire you you know you're gonna be homeless like hey fuck you yeah. man no yeah, exactly. i won't i'll get another job get another
1: job yeah yeah fire me i'll be homeless it's yeah like, you don't you think you have that much power over me man nah. go out and look i'm going to look see what see what else what other fish are in the sea yeah What not?
0: Job so I'm you're 21 that? you got mm-hmm. through the teen you feel like you're done with the teenage shit you're like through all that
1: well, I mean, literally I'm 21 now. So. Yeah. Literally, <laughs>
0: numerically. I,
1: I, numerically, yes. Numerically. But I is I this do you feel change? like yeah. is 21 like a natural sort of marker? I you know, I think for me personally, I think after that first love, teenage dating mm. for three, four years, whatever, like that's done. Right. right. So that was a big part of that's my a big change. Teenager bullshit, you know, all that, that's, that's gone, you know, and buried. Right. Um, and it's weird because I'm living back at home now. I just moved back for about a month ago. So I feel like I, a little bit of it's coming back, but it's all different now. Right. Yeah. So I lived on my own for like about a year and you know, I, helped out the Lakota people, and they helped me out, and, you know, I lived in a house on my own and had to take care of myself and, you know, do all this shit, and, you know, I went to school before that, and I I feel like I don't really have those same teenage urges as, like, I want to go get drunk and steal a cone from a golf course and fucking throw it into somebody's front yard, you know? (laughs) Good times. Yeah, I mean, I just... I definitely don't feel as much about that teenage bullshit. Like, I don't feel like having a bunch of people over and partying all the time or, like, right. just being... I feel more, I guess, more motivated to, like, accomplish things um, and create things and, you know, start a life somewhere, wherever that is. Whether that's, you know, going to school, going back to school or you know, moving somewhere else again and starting something else or doing a job that really interests me or mm. those are the things that really draw me now. And I don't think that those are teenage things. Right. You know, I, I don't really have that teenage angst anymore, I guess I should say, you know, I've just wanted to be stupid and go out and be crazy. I kind of want to start building right. something, you know, creating something, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Well, I got some bad news for you, man. <clears throat> Let's hear it the 20s are rough
1: I believe it I've heard it
0: everybody thinks everybody looks at people in their 20s and they're like oh you're having so much fun your whole life's ahead of you your body's all strong right, and, right. you know you're dating all these hot women or right. or dudes or whatever you're yeah into. sure and but me and almost everybody I know we talk about our 20s and it's like fuck that was hard <laughs> that was really hard like shit settled down in the early 30s mm-hmm. but the 20s it's hard because you're like, you know, you're thrown into the big time. You're, yeah. You know, it's like you're you're a rookie in the NBA or yeah, something. Yeah, totally, you know? totally. It's yeah. like, okay, this is real life now. Like, you got
1: to do it. Like, you got to play in the NBA, but yeah. you, you don't know.
0: You got to pay your bills. <laughs> right. This girl could get pregnant. I mean, that could happen earlier. But, you know, you got real right. consequences that you're looking at Definitely. if you fuck up. And,
1: and your, your accomplishments. And, of are course, than. you're going to fuck up. Yeah, you are. I am. Yeah. I'm sure you did, and I will. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude!
0: <laughs> I fucked up so much. I'm proud of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like well, it's I'm like when you have blurred. a job that's so bad, it's yeah. funny. Yes, it's like been that. There. Yeah.
1: yeah, or or a job that's so bad that it makes another okay job feel like it's the best job you've ever yeah. had. For you yeah, for a while. For a while, and then you get sick of it again. That's fucking very yeah. true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, the 20, I'm 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 getting prepared for it whatever way I can. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do anthropology like I always wanted to do. Hmm. So, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Right. Um I I dropped out because of the virtual online classes. Right. Um I just couldn't do it, man. <laughs> I could not do it. It's it's not the way my brain works. It's not the way I learn. You right. know, I need a, I need to have the professor talking to me. I need to talk to the other people in the class. I need to like feel the energy and right. like, be there. And also just I'm, I'm not great with computers. I feel like an old man with that stuff sometimes. I mm. just can't. I couldn't figure they were like you got to do this textbook and download this thing and then there's another textbook and then they would give us homework and I didn't know what online textbook it was for mm. and I was just lost and I, it was just not for me. Yeah. So. And and
0: look, the information's free. You know, you can get the books for free. You're not paying for the information. <laughs> no, exactly. You're paying to be in that room, exactly. having that experience you're talking totally. about. And totally. if you can't do that, then fuck you guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I don't know. Young people, when I talk with young people about career stuff, like, I, you know, I'm no fucking expert on any of this shit, but <laughs> it seems to me like... You know, if you're studying anthropology or mm-hmm. literature or something like that right. because you love it and you feel like your personal growth right. is happening, it's being fueled by this, mm-hmm. then that's awesome. Yeah. Um. But personally, if I were starting out in life right now, yeah. given where the world is, and I'd be, I'd learn. A trade. I'd learn plumbing. I'll uh, be an electrician.
1: See, that's what my friend was talking to me about the other night. And he was like, "I'm going to start out in carpentry, and then I'm going to do a plumbing thing, and then maybe HVAC because that's where the real money is." And I'm like, "That would be cool. You know, I would like that. You know, probably not
0: all three though. But not all three, unless I, you I, love it,
1: right? Unless you love it. But <clears> I don't know, I think personally, <throat> I'm more of like on that first track you were talking about. Like, I was thinking about so long, like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And I'm like. Well, I'm just gonna get an education. I'm gonna do anthropology because that's what I love, mm-hmm. and you know that's I'm all, I'm always gonna be interested in learning more about that no matter what. Right. So, and then I'm gonna have a fucking degree, and at the end of the day, that's gonna open up more job opportunities, more whatever. You know, at the end of the day, it's definitely gonna give me more of a leg up and higher jobs or or more respect in the academic community or whatever because i want to be a writer one day too you know i've been working on some bad stuff but it's something (laughs) and uh you got to
0: work on the bad stuff to get to the good stuff right
1: right, exactly so i think i just decided to just do that and figure it out from there i don't know what i want to do yeah i have no idea all i do know is that i want to learn and i want to help people and i want to write and however those things all come together That'll be figured out. There's no reason for me to worry about that right now.
0: Exactly. Exactly. When I was your age, I think I was in Alaska the second year. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I was working at a cannery and I had finished. I didn't want to finish my degree, but my dad convinced me. Mm -hmm. So I went up after I skipped my junior year, went to Alaska and I had all these experiences and it was like, holy shit, everything's different. I just want to see the world. Right. Uh, and my and i'm like i'm gonna drop out and my dad who never my dad was kind of like your dad like Mm -hmm. he was straight talker yep no bullshit i respect you i respect your decisions you know this is what i think and he's like hey you know i never tell you what to do (laughs) and i'm not telling you what to do now but always please listen to me because going back to school and finishing out one more year is gonna be easy for you. Right. You know everyone. Right. You know how it works. It's the same. Going back five years from now and trying to get your credits to work in this other school, it's gonna be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. So do it while it's easy. Yeah. Punch the fucking clock. Right. And then go see the world. Go right. do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But why not do that? Yeah.
1: And he oh, was right and good advice
0: Yeah it was great advice yeah. But I was ornery So I went back to school And I was like Alright I'll fucking do your Last year of school Hobart College But I'm not gonna live In a dorm So I lived in my tent Behind the art museum In the woods <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran I'm sure,
1: I'm sure all the girls Love <laughs> <laughs> A couple of them
0: did <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah uh, that, that turned into a fiasco But I was like You know I'm here but I'm not here You know yeah. That was my thing Yeah but anyway my point is i had this epiphany because i was feeling all that pressure like i gotta go to grad school i gotta go right. to medical school right. i gotta figure this out i gotta Something. figure that out. yeah and i had this epiphany sitting on some bluff in kenai alaska and i was like look why don't i just cut myself a break mm-hmm. why don't i just say until i'm 30 i'm just gonna learn I'm mm-hmm. just going to follow my curiosity. I'm going to float around the world. I'm going to try different jobs. Really? I'm, I'm not going to make a commitment to a woman, to an educational program, mm-hmm. to a career right. until I'm 30. Okay. And by, and by the time I'm 30, I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. So no, that, that doesn't that matter. Doesn't,
1: yeah, you're not going to be a lawyer. Right, age, right. I don't need
0: that. So I'm going to be whatever I decide to do at that point. I know I'll be better. For having made this decision, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. But whatever it is, it's it's on this road. It's not on the road of making a decision at 21 that I got to stick to, even if I decide like, oh shit, I don't want to be a lawyer.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. That's that's the thing too. Is like lawyer, doctor, like things like that, or if you want to be like a biologist or whatever, like these things, you get a degree in these things, or you go to all this grad school and your PhD. Like those are the things that you're doing. I feel like social sciences anthropology i started with sociology yeah. i think i do anthropology i mean at the end of the day even if i like want to sell out and do like market research for some shitty corporation because i need the money and i don't know what else to do i can do that right. they're hiring for that and i just if i just have that degree you know that'll open the opportunity but that opportunity is there whether you know it doesn't really matter what matters is the learning and the curiosity right. and finding where it takes me you know that's that's sort of where my mind has been drifting towards lately is that sort of thinking so it's really um it's really nice to hear you say that too because that's kind of like where my mind has been slowly moving to probably the past six months or yeah so. so it's good yeah. to hear somebody else that has gone through that chose that path and it's worked out pretty all right
0: it's worked it's out pretty, all right doing all right but i mean there are other components to yeah. it right like yeah. i said okay if i'm gonna do that i'm not gonna have kids Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to have kids anyway so that was easy yeah yeah. but it's like let's be serious about this because i want to have the kind of life where i can always quit my job Mm -hmm. where i can always change my mind right i can always say fuck it i want to go to korea and teach english yeah me too man i want to be able to do that and if you have kids eh, that's different yeah and if i'm with a woman it she needs to be a woman who wants to live the way I'm living. Right. It can't be a woman who's like, well, I want a big house and I want to go skiing right. on weekends. Right. Like, no, we're not. Yeah. You know. Totally.
1: Totally. You
0: yeah. gotta be able to shit in the woods and mm-hmm. be happy about and it. Hop
1: on a plane, whenever fucking yeah. anything. Yeah.
0: And d- not like subservient to no, my life, but no. like someone who,
1: willing to live a life like that. A know? life
0: of adventure. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really want that too. Like I remember, I was living I was living out in South Dakota, and I would just like go stay with my my friend in Missoula for two weeks or I'd go down to Denver and just hang out for like three days and I would always like and I would come out to Portland like every few months and just like hang out for like a couple weeks or whatever and I would just be like, I love like my flexibility and my job and like having this van and just being able to go wherever I want whenever I want like I just want to live a life like this yeah and now it stresses me out' is, like if I want. Like get an education or like like a decent job or whatever. Those things are sacrificed. So I think the thing that is causing me the most anxiety right now is finding that balance between having the freedom and ability to explore and you know, you know, embrace that curiosity and go places and meet new people and do things, but also like have the money for that, have the you know, have relative stability, and so I can get an education and you know, tying all those things together. I think that's the thing I'm most worried about. Is like shit i guess it's just like the money and the time yeah like i guess that's a lot of people's anxieties but yeah i i want to be able to like have a decent job and make enough money to like continue what i want to do but how am i going to do that if i'm doing what i want to do yeah you know? and that doesn't directly contribute to you know financial success and uh like uh work success and all that well shit. just become you
0: know? an instagram influencer man <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone's doing it. I, I free money. I would if I could. You know, <laughs> you know, I got, I,
1: you know, missing a to tooth here. You know, so You know, I got, I got a little bit of acne Yeah, you
0: know. yeah. I heard you were. Uh, you, hear you and me? I have that in common. Your dad fucked us up on the basketball court. Yeah,
1: yeah. He Actually, your dad
0: me. didn't fuck me up. Someone else did, but <laughs> your dad was there.
1: Yeah, he elbowed me right in the face, man. He knocked out two of my teeth. Straight. Yeah, these two are fake.
0: Your dad's a crazy He's, good basketball he player. He's
1: a crazy good basketball player, but he needs to watch his fucking elbows. <laughs> and his mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what, though? I got him, though. He got an infection on his elbow after he knocked out my teeth. No team. shit. Yeah. It's he had to take antibiotics and shit. Then And again, I had to go through four surgeries, so you know, yeah. it wasn't really comparable. Yeah. But still... That also, actually, that helped me a lot, too, because I was having to, like, come back to Portland, get all these surgeries and you know go through all this like the pain the surgeries in the mouth are so painful i hated those i had right. to deal with that you had, like implants that. yeah, yeah. I, I i mean i had to i had to get them pulled because they were dangling down from the gums you know that was the first thing and then i had to get like nine stitches and all this bone injected up mm. in there and then i had to you know have more bone injected more stitches and then i got the implant and then i got the screws and then i got the implants and it was all this shit so i had to you know i Stop drinking. I wasn't smoking any weed. I was just literally like, go to work, you know, help people hang out, whatever, go home, like meditate, stretch, maybe go to the gym. Um, and just, I had a really simple life out in South Dakota and I wasn't had the, I didn't have the ability to do any of that stuff I would do to like cope in a negative way. So right. that, I think that combined with everything else out there definitely helped me a lot to grow and you know realize what's important and all that yeah so yeah it it sucked but some things that really suck grow you as a person that's it you know
0: (laughs) and that's what i was saying about the 20s yeah you know like yeah it's it's a time of like crazy ups and downs Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i if i were giving advice to someone going into that it would be like cut yourself a lot of slack sure to make mistakes yeah but but focus on not hurting anybody
1: focus on not hurting anybody
0: right you're gonna fuck up but right. try not to hurt people because 20 30 years later when i look back at my 20s mm. i don't feel bad about any of my mistakes except the ones where i hurt somebody right Right. You know, consequences
1: somebody. are fine when it's just about you. Right. Exactly. But you just have to be aware of how those consequences might bleed out into other people's lives.
0: And it fucking happens, right? Yeah. That's part of learning. And right. that's part of learning from each other. We, you know, yeah. we wreck the first cars we drive, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't wheel. All...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. All right, dude. Are we going to do this again when you're 28 if I'm not dead?
1: Mm, yeah, if you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's not looking good today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well you know, if, if you're still alive in four years, you know, think about it. Yeah. You know, if, right. you're, if you're still doing all right.
0: You're talking yeah. like talent now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll talk to your manager. Talk to my you manager. like put your people in you know, touch I'm with gonna, my people. I'm going to
1: start my own podcast pretty soon, I think. So, Are you? You know, yeah. We'll see. I think my, mo- my mom's going to help me out. Actually, you know, maybe I'll talk to you about it later. I need, I need to do a name. What's
0: it for. gonna be like? Is there a theme, or is it just like I'm Murphy? This is my life.
1: Still, uh, getting out the gritty details, but I definitely want to do some interviews and then talk about things that I'm passionate about and just figure out from there. Mm. You know, just sort of teach and preach and uh spread other people's messages. You know, so yeah, see how that goes. Because I kind of I was like writing a lot. I was doing all this writing, and I I've kind of taken a break from that. And I think a podcast would be a uh a good creative you know outlet you know that doesn't stress me out as much as the writing right now so
0: yeah yeah if it feels natural and it seems like it feels pretty natural to you you're not yeah. nervous about microphones and shit and no no you flow yeah yeah i mean if it feels natural it's much for me it's much easier than writing yeah um but
1: sometimes writing feels very forced but when i'm yeah talking i feel you know i'm definitely more of like a verbal auditory learner and speaker right right, for sure not that i don't love writing i I do i love reading and writing but at the end of the day i think the best way for me to talk and learn from others generally is hearing from them in person specifically right and me talking yeah the
0: fucking zoom things man i'm so over that telling
1: you about college i couldn't fucking do it yeah you know there's no way no way in hell like it's just not the way to learn. I don't know how so many businesses are just like, yeah, we'll just do everything over zoom. You know, it's just like, really? Is that, I mean, I'm sure people are doing their work and that works for, you know, some stuff, but I I don't know how people can like feel connected to, their co and work together well like i that.
0: guess a lot of work <laughs> doesn't require that right yeah
1: these days yeah i guess so and if
0: you're just talking about what fucking valves you're going to put into production at the plant next month like yeah who gives a shit
1: yeah all this meaningless busy work while we get yeah. the fucking planet right super fun yeah. Love it. Love it for these guys. Love it for myself. Love it for everyone.
0: Yeah. Okay. So seven years from now, we'll talk and you'll be working at a widget factory. Yep. Yeah. Like, Chris, I'm really into valves, man. I'm really
1: into valves, man.
0: It's all about the valve.
1: Yeah. Everything.
0: Dude, thank you for doing this. Yeah.
1: No worries, man. Thanks for uh You got a beautiful
0: woman downstairs waiting for you. You definitely something. have better things to do than <laughs> sit up here chatting with me. Yeah.
1: We're going to go for a little hike. So
0: um, sunset. You let me know when your podcast is uh, up and running and uh, I'll promote it.
1: All right. Yeah, and I'll let you know. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll
0: get two or three people to listen to yeah, it. Yeah.
1: yeah, maybe four or five. Yeah. You know, cross our fingers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely get those Rogan numbers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Murphy Pillow, uh podcast to be named, to be announced later. TB... And uh, yeah, if if I'm still alive in
1: seven years, maybe we'll revisit this. Yeah, and I'll still be in my 20s, so we can still talk. Could
0: about I like that. designate a younger person to follow up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Chris is representative. Chris is dead, but you know, here's here's his uh, Anya Cots yeah, to talk to yeah, you about the never, last seven he years. He never
1: had any kids, but this guy, this guy, he, he's this perfect. Guy. He's 45 years old, right? So he still has. Going to
0: carry years. on the legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tangential speaker. <laughs> he's a tangential Well, maybe that's you you can inherit my podcast yeah. at some point yeah, yeah one day one day you know if you if all this a, could be yours yeah all
1: all the all these microphones <laughs> all these, the cables,
0: <laughs> the whole thing man yeah the yeah. whole get up
1: now the van though the van that'll go to uh something else you know we'll donate that to a museum or something
0: uh yeah
1: no we'll i we'll, will we'll sell it Manson. we'll sell it we'll sell it to some rich fuck and then some
0: rich fuck who wants to sleep in my bed yeah
1: <clears throat> yeah but then i'll donate all that money to a good cause i
0: promise there you go promise. <laughs> you promise <laughs> the murphy pillow fund all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to me cough for the last hour and 10 minutes this has been my chat with the great murphy pillow the talent the talent <laughs> <laughs> thanks brother yeah